Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You're listening to the SportsGrid Network. Let it rain! You remember the class where I taught you all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. All right, here we go. It is Friday, December the 13th, 2019. Again, as we wind down, get a little bit closer to the end of the year, a little bit closer to 2020. Wow, end of a decade here. Uh, getting ready to welcome in a new one. And a lot is going to be decided over this uh, these next two and a half weeks here as we approach the end and a new year. Wow. NFL playoffs. We've got a whole lot of bowl games. A national champion uh, will eventually be crowned here over the next couple of weeks. Uh, college hoops uh, fully on their way. NBA season. It's a good time of year. It's a holiday season, but it's also a time to be able to profit right through the end of 2019 and last night Thursday night football kicked off the week 15 matchups in the NFL and uh, it was a interesting game of sorts because while this score might indicate that it was a bit of a blowout it did get away uh, towards the end but the Ravens weren't as sharp as they normally have been and the Jets surprisingly enough haven't quit on Adam Gase uh, which is a little bit shocking because uh, I thought for sure they were probably going to roll over, but uh, they didn't, uh, and they held strong. And obviously, there are there were two teams on that field last night. One is extremely talented. One has a whole bunch of people I've never even heard of on it, uh, with a whole bunch of jerseys. But I think more importantly than anything else, it was profitable from the standpoint of uh, you could have broke that game up like we had told you. In the halves, and even live betting that game, there were plenty of opportunities for you to be able to go into halftime there and be able to get some numbers you just couldn't get early on in right. the week there in that game because the Jets did not roll over and because, quite honestly, they were um, – the difference in the first half was that the Ravens finished drives and the Jets didn't. It wasn't because the Jets didn't have their opportunities. They certainly did. And uh, it's amazing what happens when you pay a dude over $50 million uh, who can, you know, one of the best running backs in the game, give him the ball a few times, let him get into a rhythm. It's shocking, you know, how you can keep a guy like Lamar Jackson on the sidelines there and convert a whole bunch of third downs and everything else. So there were some positives to take away, but ultimately when it was all said and done, uh, the Ravens have now clinched for the second year in a row, the AFC North. They have an opportunity to shut everybody out next week taking on Cleveland and get home field advantage throughout. And that's important from the standpoint of if they can wrap that up next week, that week 17 game is going to become a lot less important to them. So keep an eye on that. But they've put themselves in position now at 12 and two to do everything that they set out to do, put themselves in a position to dominate the AFC and make a run at the Super Bowl, and Lamar takes down the record for Michael Vick. Congratulations on that. Pretty impressive stuff. All in all, they can run, they can pass, the defense, they can play. There's really not a whole lot not to like or be impressed about 
with the Baltimore Ravens. And as far as the Jets go, I, I was hoping for absolute utter quit failure, but doesn't look like that's helping either, Dane, because it continues to look like these guys are fighting for either Greg Williams or Adam Gase or both because they. I was hoping they'd roll over, but they didn't. Um, and that's encouraging but sad at the same time. Yeah, good morning, Joe. Good morning, Degenerates here on Make It Rain. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. Joe, they're also, I don't know if they're fighting for Adam Gaze or Greg Williams. Maybe they're fighting for game film, you know, because what they do, they have to put on film, and they will be evaluated, whether it's by Jets coaches or coaches from other teams in the NFL, right? So that idea of pride, I think, is important as well. You're right. The Jets, they, they uh it didn't. It wasn't as bad as I thought. Let's put it this way. And yeah. also, Joe, listen, they missed a field goal. I thought a Sam Darnold fumble, his knee was down. I thought on that punt, it was definitely touched one of the Ravens. Okay, yep. so did the guys up in the booth. And then yep. they would have had a first and goal on the damn two-yard line, right? So it yep. could have been even better. Um, but you're right. And, and, Joe, what do we have left to say about Lamar Jackson? You know, I mean— they were literally toying with the Jets, not even like in a in a derogatory way or in an un you know <laughs> kind of uh, character way, but it mm. is literally just too easy for mm-hmm. them. You know the way they could run the ball, the way they play action off of it, the way linebackers have to respect the run, what that means for these tight ends. He missed mm-hmm. one over the top to Andrews that could have been like a seventy yard bomb. Also, yep. and Joe, I have been holding out hope for my man Russell Wilson all season long, right, in the MVP race. But as I wake up this morning, Joe, I don't know if you've seen it, but Joe, Lamar is now minus 5,000 to win the NFL MVP. Russell is 17 to 1. Yeah. Patty Mahomes is the third choice at 38 to 1. And then Watson at 50 to 1. You know, I... Lamar Jackson is the most valuable player in this league, and I don't see what you really do to completely stop him. You got to hope he's off. Well, you're not. And plus, he comes with his own damn hype, man. So I don't know what to tell you, man. I love Mark Ingram. I mean, Mark, this dude is hysterical. He's even bigging up Justin Tucker. Yeah. You can see they're having fun as a team. You can see it. A chance to read about what people say, and because you lost some players, you know, you don't have. I guess it's just you're saying the guys that you have aren't good enough, and guys take that personally, and coaches take that personally, and you go to work and, mm-hmm. and you try to build something around the guys you have. I think we have a great system, and I think the, the players play really, really hard, and they execute the system, and that's, that's what it's all about. Oh, God. Yes, there sir. He's, trust. He's pretty, big, big trust. Big, big trust. trust. Big trust. Yeah. <laughs> Ingram and uh, Lamar Jackson just completely yeah. ambushed uh, Harbaugh last night in his post game uh, interview, just completely destroyed him. Uh, Ingram also ended up grabbing the microphone, I believe, from yes. uh, Aaron Andrews from there, Aaron just Andrews. held his own yes. interview. I, it just, you know, they're having fun is what uh, is what you can see. They're having a good time, and they're, um, you know, they're kicking ass and they're taking names. There's nothing not to fear yep. about this team, and uh, you know, the, not to say they're not a team without faults because. Listen, he doesn't throw an interception before halftime. That game is a totally different thing going into half. True. They they finished the first three drives, and then they didn't do a whole heck of a lot until the middle of the third quarter. So it was good early. Then they stalled, and then they weren't able to get off the field on third down. Darnold completing third down passes yeah. all over the place. So 
They're not a team without faults. The Jets were not going to be a team talented enough to be able to take advantage, but they still have some things to clean up. They're not invincible, not yet. We'll see how it goes from there. Still plenty of opportunities here. Week it's still 15 pretty profit. damn good enough. <laughs> yep. It could be good enough to win it all. We'll dive into week 15, the NFL season, next year on The Grid. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. All right, welcome back in. It is now a Friday. It is uh, December the 13th, and uh, week 15 of the NFL season is underway. And a big shout-out, of course, to uh, Lamar, setting records there last night, taking down Michael Vick's record since 2006. Now the leading rusher, still got a couple games to go, too, no less, uh, leading uh, all-time leading uh, single-season rushing record for a quarterback belongs to one Lamar Jackson, and of course, uh, Tom Brady caught wind of that last night, and there was no way he was uh, going to allow that uh, to go on without a challenge. So he went ahead and posted, yep, me versus Lamar, 40-yard dash, natural grass, but he has to wear rollerblades. And uh, you know what? I would buy the pay-per-view, Tom, absolutely. Sure. <laughs> and of course, uh, he uh, Lamar was asked about that in the podium, and he's like, roll on real grass? He's like, oh, man. He's like, listen, he's like, the, I seen Tom up close and personally. He said he's still got a little left in the tank. So that's, uh, that, yeah, he's got a little juice going on there. So he's uh, very good, Tom Brady. It's, uh, it's nice to see him embracing the next generation and sure. uh you know some guys they get crotchety uh when they get down towards the end but uh good for you tom uh, to embrace the uh the inevitable here in the next wave but uh you know i don't know I, i'm watching last night Dane. and i'm watching these uh yeah another team but you mean yeah. embrace the next wave he didn't invade embrace percent or jimmy g yeah, well, I didn't think they were good enough either. So I think there's, uh, I think he's got. Uh, there's one thing to to embrace a guy that you think is uh, going to be a game changer, and there's a whole other thing to the guy who's just another quarterback or a backup for that matter. Um, but I'm watching last night. I'm watching these uh, college awards and uh, all of the uh, things that were handed out last night. And of course, they're in uh, your neck of the woods there, Dane, doing the whole getting ready for the Heisman this weekend. Uh, You know, Joe Burrow walked away with just about every award known to mankind last night. Uh, Just everything. Walter Camp player of the year. He's, uh, you know, he's quarterback of the year. He's this of the year. And, you know, and I'm going, it's so interesting to me watching these, this next generation or what we're being sold on right now, these next generations of quarterback. And I, and I, and I hearken back to that, you know, Lamar Jackson Heisman run and uh, you know, what was being said about him. And at that time it was very simply, he's a great college quarterback. Ooh, that's just not going to translate into the NFL. And I'm always skeptical when I hear the so-called pundits, you know, right around this time of year when they start handing out these awards. And, um, you know, now Joe Burrow is some sort of can't miss quarterback uh, and he resembles nothing 
of what uh, we have seen here from Lamar Jackson and this uh, or Deshaun Watt. You know, the list goes on. We have seen nothing. He doesn't resemble any. It resembles much closer to what we have seen time and time again. But that we also know doesn't often work while he's had a great college career. Make no mistake about I don't even say career. He's had a great college year and he's certainly worthy of the accolades. It, to me, I'd almost not want to win any of this crap. I wouldn't want I'd I'd not want of it because now the expectations for a kid like Joe Burrow, who right. let he doesn't have an exceptional arm. I mean, he plays on one of the best teams in the country. Uh, he plays in a great division. He's got more hype than anybody else. But to me, this you've just stacked the deck against a kid like Joe Burrow right now. You've given him every reason to fail, and you haven't given him any damn reasons to actually succeed yet. Now the camera, the drift. First pick in a draft goes Joe. Uh, right. Congratulations, dude. Like, let me. I don't know that Joe Burrow, after one year of a of a great year in college, is somehow going to translate to the NFL. I can tell you this: same guys that told me it wouldn't translate for Lamar are now telling me Joe Burrow is the perfect quarterback to go number one. I, I'm a little skeptical. Call me crazy. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. But what you're talking about, Joe, is that all of this raises the expectations for Joe Burrow. Right. And disappointment is a function of expectation. You know what I mean? If I thought the Jets were going to go 0-16 this year, I ain't disappointed. But if I thought the Jets were going to go 15-1 and or be a playoff team, I'm disappointed. With all this hype and all this buzz and all these awards, we are now ra- – and the fact that the Bengals fans are already hanging signs outside, you know, talking about Joe Burrow. There's the hashtag blow for Joe and stuff like that. All that does is raise the expectations and thus make it harder for Joe Burrow to actually achieve them. You know, but I I think he'll be just fine. What I was interested to hear is, you know, Joe Burrow is actually older than Lamar Jackson, Joe. Mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson is younger than Joe Burrow and most of the quarterbacks in the NFL. So even more good for Lamar Jackson. But, you know, you're right. And and I don't want to. It's the idea of, you know, Joe, we were saying this with uh, Danny Dimes, right? If he was drafted in the second round, all this hubbub wouldn't have been there in the offseason, right, about how bad it was for Gettleman. But the fact that he was the sixth overall pick, that's part of what generated the expectation around Danny Dimes that people thought he wouldn't be able to live up to. So, And I do think, though, Joe, that the idea of the dual threat quarterback is becoming more and more prevalent. In the NFL, as high school comes to college and college comes to the NFL, we are seeing more and more quarterbacks and we're realizing more and more that, yeah, you have to be accurate and stand and deliver from the pocket. But having this other tool, if it is managed correctly, can be an incredible weapon. Um, Even look at Mitch Trubisky. You know, running zone reads. Josh Allen has that ability. Kyler Murray has that ability, right? And we see this more and more. Um, So I think the dual threat quarterback is going to become more and more of something that is really used in the NFL. I wonder what it means for the draft stock of someone like Jalen Hurts. How many more times do we have to hear about can't miss number one draft picks at the quarterback position who fell flat on their (laughs) face? Forget about Jamarcus. Marcus Mariota. Jameis Winston. Go sure. down the list here, guys. It's these can't miss dudes. Oh, one every year. That it, it, 
uh, it's you just you the guy had one year. Yes, he is he is older because he has prolonged his college career with his ability to transfer to a bunch of different places. Nobody even heard of Joe Burrow outside of LSU prior to this year. He wasn't a guy. I mean, the the guy in Oregon has gotten more press over the last couple of years, Herbert, Herbert than yeah. than Joe Burrow. Nobody's even talking sure. about him. And and if Trump. I'm if I'm uh, him, Trump had more. Eason had yeah, more. Yeah, exactly. I am I, like if I'm Justin, I am so glad you Gabarro, You win all the damn awards you want, man. Win them all. Win the Heisman, let the thing because to me, it's almost the kiss of death, man. With these guys here, it's the guys that you know nobody was looking at Daniel Jones until draft day. So which was fine. He flew under the radar prior to that, which is good. Just because they get all of these accolades and trophies and awards. It means that you're a good college player, a great college player. You had a great year. There was another dude, too, that was older than everybody else uh, when he was eligible for the draft. His name was Brandon Whedon. He won a Heisman, too. Great right. college guy. Doesn't necessarily translate into the Wasn't NFL. Like Winky, yeah. Winky <laughs> the was another guy, guy, 27 years old. Yeah. It's like, guys, slow the roll down on awarding these guys this. Uh, and he's deserving of these awards and these sure accolades. But, but it's a let college us, award. That yeah. doesn't necessarily mean no, 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 uh, no, that he's no. going to like the NFL. And I'll life. tell you another thing. The guy that nobody's talking about or that is just – again, it's amazing that we can keep making the same mistakes in the media. The same crap you said about Lamar Jackson, I'm hearing about Jalen Hurts. Same right, crap. Absolutely right. same crap. As yet anybody talking about uh, – so far, without even playing a game, Jalen Hurts is going to lose. Right. He's, he's going to get blown out. Joe Burrow's going to beat him. That's number one. Uh, number two, he's probably going to have to transition to maybe wide receiver. And I, I mean, it's it's like clockwork, man. The same crap that we hear year after year about these kids coming out. And yet kids like has Jalen Hurts not proven every like he thrives on sticking it up to that people who say he can't do something. And voila, look at him, game, I think. Right. Yeah. It's like, come on, dude. Like, so I, to me, if I'm an organization that needs a quarterback, that Jalen Hurts is the dude I'm looking because now he has proved adversity. He has proved that he's a winner. They said the same crap about the Sean Watson, man. Like, ah, yeah. it, you know, he wins at college, but it's Clemson. Like, really? Right. That That's so. And what I'm, to me, yeah. you like, we fade the public all the time. Like, Fade the fade damn the pundits in the media the on Heisman night. Just fade them fade all, the man. Scout. Whatever it is, go the other way because you're guaranteed to get a winner that way. And honestly, with the success of Lamar, Kyler Murray, and some of these others, the NFL has to realize that this dual threat quarterback, if you organize the team correctly and the scheme correctly, that can work. You know, and yep. so that's what I'm saying. The, people have to take another look at some of these dual threat quarterbacks in college and not trying to convert them to be a tight end. Be nice. Jalen Hurts. Don't forget about him. Miami. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. All right, guys, might be a time for you to find us on YouTube here, Sports Grid Network. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Get all the fantasy and sports wagering advice all the time that you need. 
Not to mention on Instagram, follow it at SportsGridTV. And plenty of action uh, here tonight. NBA, NHL, college hoops getting ready. Of course, Army-Navy tomorrow. Might be time for you to get in the game with a DraftKings Sportsbook account because if you're listening or watching us right now, you can get a deposit bonus of up to 500 bucks. And here's how it works. You simply create a DraftKings Sportsbook account. You make a deposit. And then you place your first bet, DraftKings. They'll match it with a 50% bonus of up to $500. Now, the offer is eligible for all users. New users, you guys get a risk-free bet of up to 200 bucks. All you have to do is head over to sportsgrid.com forward slash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com forward slash DK. And if you have a gambling problem, you can call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. Check out the website for details. And, uh, yes, it's going to be a, a big week 15 here in the NFL as we get ready uh, for crazy divisional matchups here, the matchups that are going to tell us an awful lot about what's going to happen come January and uh, some news that's coming out. And uh, we kind of thought it was yesterday too, Dane, for this uh, Buffalo and uh, Pittsburgh Sunday night bash. Um, We had figured Connor was on his way back. It turns out, I guess Schuster's on his way back for sure. Juju Smith-Schuster is definitely on his way back. Um, so now they'll have kind of their full complement there with the duck. And as far as Tampa goes, it looks like Winston's having all sorts of problems gripping the ball. And that's a problem. So it's uh, probably a good time now to uh, remember that they already have Mike Evans is gone uh, for the year. And who is the backup quarterback in uh, in Tampa exactly? Ryan Griffin. There you go. Okay, so just keep that in mind here, guys, because they haven't ruled him out yet, obviously. Right, they haven't (laughs) ruled him out, but... He's throwing a tennis. Yeah, just he's having a real hard time, so that's that's something to to absolutely keep in mind before it's all said and done. Uh, And, I, you know, I love Vic Fangio, too, who this week, he's taking on Kansas City, and I don't know anybody that's sleeping on... uh, We should not be sleeping on uh, Denver at any cost anywhere. Uh, but he's done a great job. I mean, we talk about Tomlin's taking a lot of the uh, lot of credit here for coach of the year. I don't think you can say enough about first year head coach Vic Fangio. Look at where that team started, who their quarterback was and where they are right now. And along the way, you traded your best offensive weapon and you lost your best defensive player there in Bradley. Ch- and oh, yeah, you're still a dominant defense. And oh, yeah, you're grooming, you know, possibly the future of your organization and you're winning some games along the way. So he's done an amazing job. He's also a guy. He's like one of these ornery old school guys, Dane. He's been around. This is not, you may be a first year head coach, but he's been in the NFL forever. And he's, you know, he's the defensive mind. He doesn't give a crap what you think. And he basically flat out said, I think the division thing sucks. I want to do away with divisions. I just want, he says, you know, it's terrible. He says, uh, to me, you've got 16 in each conference. Everybody plays each other once. That's 15. Put in like a big rivalry game like Jets-Giants every year, Eagles-Steelers, Texans-Cowboys, that kind of thing. He says, keep it at 16, and then you'll avoid the problem that's going to happen this year with an 8-8 eight and eight team hosting a 12-4 and four team because that's exactly what's going to happen. It's either going to be Seattle or San Francisco, and one of them is heading to Dallas or Philadelphia to play a damn playoff game, which, right. to his point, is correct. And we do this in the NFL and we do this also as the same argument being made in the NBA. We do this also with the, can we just get the best 16 teams? I don't give a crap. Like what, and it doesn't make a difference what side of the country are. Give us the best 16. But of course, Goodell 
who's with the owners right now, they're in meetings, uh, you know, brought this up. But that, uh, you know, they want to add games in revenue. They're not looking to subtract or keep. So, of course, Goodell laughed it off like it wasn't true. But it's 2020 here. Should we not be looking at revamping what has always been? Yeah. Um, I have a slightly and I and I don't think what you're saying that uh, Fangio is suggesting is horrible, but I would I have a different idea that I think let me see if you if you uh if you think this kind of is a good compromise from the Fangio plan to what we have mm-hmm. now. Joe would I because I do believe and coaches and players will tell you job one is to win your division. Right. Every team cares about teams are even constructed to beat the teams in their division. Okay, so I don't want to devalue the division. Okay, what I would do, however, I would leave it exactly the same. However, what I would do that is regardless of the 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 uh, categorization of being a division champ, I would just say that the better record is the home game regardless. Mm -hmm. So in this situation that we're talking about. Uh, Seattle would host Dallas. It would still be the same. The NFC East champion would still get in even over a nine-win Rams or Bears or however it play out. But the team with the better record would host. So at least you wouldn't get the 8-8 and team hosting a playoff game because that's what everyone says all the time, right? And they're going to be able to host a playoff game. I think for winning your division, you should get in regardless, Okay. But then you lose the right to host if the wild card has a better record. How do you feel about that as a compromise, Joe? I Yeah, it makes sense in this particular situation this year. But what happens if you right. have two 11-win teams? Like what happens, you know, one won the division and one was a game oh, out because they had a 12 The tiebreaker goes to the division winner. But if yeah. you have a division winner, Joe, then it's not this egregious thing. You know what I mean? If you have a division winner that's like 10-6 and six or 11-5, and five, you don't have this conversation for the month about how pathetic it'll be. You know what I mean? So this right, is but you're really changing awful. it to avoid the eight and eight, but you don't have an eight and eight or a seven and nine every year winning a division. You do yeah. have a couple of ten or eleven win teams that could be battling. So even yeah. if you win the division, if there's you know, a wild why card that's eleven and five, they why should host the division lose it for winning. And then you know a guy that still has a better record who's a wild card, what? Because he didn't win his division. You know how do you separate? You're only gonna you're gonna actually allow the division winner to be penalized because they di- they don't have the better record than the wild card team but what if what, what if the wild what if the wild card team has still got a better record and oh yeah they won with 11 wins they won their division yeah. if if we had a case where the 5 seed right was mm-hmm. 11 and 5 right it was 11 and 5 let's say good wild card team and the worst division winner was 10 and 6 yes yep I have them going on the road. Yep, I do. And so would and so would the Fangio plan, though, Joe. You know, if he's reseeding everybody, they would as well. I'm just saying a division champ should be guaranteed entry as opposed to the Fangio plan, which just reseeds one through 16. I'm saying, though, hosting should be by record. That's the only change. And yes, and if there's two 10 and 6 teams, then have it be the division winner. That's the tiebreaker. got to be some sort of threshold though like you have to be able to above 500 you, know, you have to be right i mean yeah you can't so possibly... you're saying a nine and seven division winner against a so we might have a 12 and four wildcard team in the nfc right 
See, let's say Seattle and San Francisco. This year is crazy, right? Yeah. Right. And yes, this is an extreme case. But in a lot of years, Joe, it's not uncommon to see a wild card team at 10 and 6 and a division winner at 9 and 7. Like, we have seen that. And mm-hmm. yes, I am saying it would hold true. The higher record should be the host. But if it's tie, a tie goes to the, the team that has the uh, distinction mm-hmm. of being a division champ. And being the division champ. So lead the division, winning your division is still, should yes. still be uh, there. But then Get it comes automatic down. entry. And breaks any ties for home. As field. opposed to the idea of just give me the best eight teams in that conference, Correct. no matter Correct. what it is. Because in the my plan... Eight. In my plan, the NFC East champion this year still gets in. In what Fangio is saying, the Rams or the Bears would get in over the Cowboys or the That's Eagles. Correct, and right? I don't yes. agree with that. I don't right. agree with that. I think the Cowboys or the Eagles should at least get in. But if they're playing a 12 and 4 Seattle team or a 12 right. or a 12 and 4 San Fran team, F it. They should have to travel. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and that's really that's where it, uh, that's where the argument's going to come in. Do we want the eight best or do we want the teams that win their division, which is nice, but if the division sucks like the NFC East does right, right now, they well, lose the right to host. They lose right, the right to host. You know, because the other problem is that if you have a, let's say you have a nine win team, it doesn't necessarily mean that the division, it could be the toughest division in football where they just right, they they, beat each they, other up. Right. They beat each other up, you know, like the Pac-12 does every, each and every yeah. year. So, yeah. um, it's interesting, but again, how many years? And I'm wondering when is the last time we've had a 500 team, like like you just mentioned. When did we have a nine Seattle. and seven team and a wild card team have more wins? I don't did know. Did that happen recently? Seattle was when seven was and that? nine, and that's when they won. They beat New Orleans with the Marshawn Lynch beastquake run. What? How long ago was that? That was. All right, so so it's been it's been a hot minute then. I mean, it it hasn't uh, it's not it's, it's not every two bad. or three years since it's been that bad. But in my plan, I would even ex- implement this with a nine and seven division champ and a ten and six wild card team. This is a dramatic example this year, right? Because we may have eight and eight, and we may have twelve and four in the wild card, right? Right. But I would do this even with a less dramatic example: a nine, a, 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 a ten and six wild card team hosting right. a nine and seven division winner. You'd have no fun. So then, so it's interesting. You seed them based upon record, but get them in based upon division. So get them in on on division. So division first, and then record second. If you win your division, you're in. I don't care bad the division yeah. was. I don't care if you beat each other up. You win your division, you're in. Because that is the goal of every team at training It's just camp. to get That's in the there, right? It's to get it's in. Goal, right? Right. But I do understand, because, and listen to the narrative right now, Joe. Everyone, it's not about them getting in. It's about, oh my god, they're going to host a playoff game. Right. So make Philly go to San Fran or Seattle, or make Dallas go to go to Green Bay or Minnesota, whatever it winds up being. Yes, right. that's how I'm... That's my yep. kind of problem. Yep. Yeah, and it's uh, it's certainly worth talking about. But then again, we're talking about adding another game now. We're talking about, yeah, With the, the current, owners. That or they go to eight game. Depends on how egregious it gets this year. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out in the final three weeks. That's for sure. Because outside of them playing each other, oof, they both could lose two out of the next three games, which is just crazy. One could lose three out of three. It's Put just 
Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. So, Sportsbooks last night took an absolute beating, absolute beating, as the uh, heavily favored Baltimore Ravens, uh, as a 17-point favorite, opening up at 14 and a half, uh, ending up closing around 17. Uh, They ended up uh, covering, of course, uh, books were writing tickets uh, all week long there on the Ravens, both... uh, both of the professional and mostly of the public type there. Also, the uh, over was a big casher uh, there last night. 63 easily uh, kept going down to 43 and a half is what it closed at. So like we've always said there, just because the uh, public bet, it's, it doesn't mean that they're always wrong. And, uh, you know, the big thing there last night was, and this is that's the last Thursday night football game, guys, this year. So. Mm. Mark it down in a uh, in a place that you can uh, revisit there next year. When we see these big Thursday night favorites of at least thirteen points or more, that record now is nine and two against the number. That's eighty two percent on Thursday night football. So if they are two touchdowns or more favored, they're there for a reason, and they don't seem to disappoint. And in all likelihood, they're probably also home. And uh, mm. both of those. Trends fit last night, Dane, as far as home yeah. teams on Thursday night, short week, definitely an advantage. Also easy to cover, easy to win. Uh, they did all of those things uh, last night. So uh, that continues to roll. But again, last Thursday night game of the year, we won't be tortured with that anymore. But certainly worth uh, keeping that in mind as we move forward. And another crazy thing, Dane, last night was that Lamar Jackson going into that game as a home at home as a starter was just mm-hmm. three and eight against the number. He was huh. he's not he's not been profitable to back at home uh, huh. since he's uh, since he's been uh, starting there. Uh, he is nine and two, obviously straight up, one and lost at home, but covering and you know winning straight up are two di- totally different things. Sure. He was only three and eight against that number there, and so it's uh, kudos to him now driving it to four and eight there with the cover. But there are a couple of other interesting. Um, trends for quarterbacks, Dane, coming into this week. And and one of them is a game we talked about a little bit yesterday uh, with Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins, and forget about Minnesota. We'll just talk about Kirk Cousins throughout his career has had a problem putting back-to-back wins together. Like, and I think that's why he has the reputation that he has home versus sure. away. Really what we're telling you guys is that he is 17 and 24 straight up as a starting quarterback okay. and against the spread, by the way, straight up and against the spread, 17 and 24 when he's coming off a victory. So it, it's, you know, that's, that's, that's real. It's been Kurt Cousins' biggest issue his whole entire career where for some reason he'll have a great game. He'll win. And then the next week, I don't know if it's defenses or the coordinators or something, but all of a sudden it's like, 
where the hell did Kirk Cousins go? You know, 17 and 24 straight up and against the spread. And it's not going to be easy this weekend at all in their game. It's a terrible spot right. for them, especially, guess what? Coming off a win, 17 and 24 straight up and against the spread. It's a killer spot, but it says a lot about who Kirk Cousins is as a quarterback. Yeah. And also, you know, I've seen Kirk Cousins. There's also been that narrative about what he does in primetime games when the spotlight is on. And, you know, maybe I, I respect the trend, Joe, you know, but a part of me says he's just kind of a 500 quarterback, you know. So I think if you slice up his games a lot of different ways, it would be kind of around average, whether it's off a loss, off a win, you know, at home, away, prime time. Like, he's just not, for me, he's not that kind of tier one quarterback that raises all boats. I do yep. agree with you, Joe. This is a bad spot for the Minnesota Vikings going into Los Angeles on the road, even though the Chargers don't have a um, great home field advantage. But mm -hmm. this reeks of them going in there and laying an egg. And I think Philip Rivers got a swift kick in the butt with those reports that they wouldn't mind benching him. And then he responded with his like zero touchdown, three touch, uh, excuse me, zero interception game. But as right. it relates specifically to Kirk Cousins, yeah, I buy that. But he's been kind of, for me, one of these gatekeeper 50 50 kind of quarterbacks. You know, I put Matthew Stafford in a similar. Um, uh, category. Well, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Carrying. Yeah. I mean, but you know, and, and to be fair, Cousins and Stafford are two guys that in the, like his Washington years where he had to, he had to throw because his team was from behind all the time. Sure. So, and that's the same thing with Stafford, no running game, no def right. defense has given up points left and right. So what choice did Stafford have, but to throw the ball all over the yard, sure. it's just always been, uh, but they, he just hasn't been able to get the job done. Now, Dak Prescott, however, you know, right. this is an interesting thing. This is a guy that is 17 and five straight up and 16 and yeah. six against the number uh, against everybody in the NFC East. So when he goes up against the Giants and goes up against the Eagles and the Redskins, whether it's home or away, he dominates them. So this is an important fact from the standpoint of this Eagles game. And by the way, the Eagles game is in Philly or Dallas. It's next week. That's week 16, but it's no, in Philly. No, I know that. Is it, ne is it yeah, it's in, in Philly? Philly it's in Philly, too, and it yeah. doesn't matter. He he's just, he's just as good road or away. His splits are crazy, but he's a guy that owns that division, and yet that team can't be more. We talked mm. about how important winning the division is, right? Yes. That's exactly the kind of quarterback you need in order to win the division, but the problem is his teams go 8-8, eight 9-7, eight, and seven, like – Right. How can you have a dude that is 16 and 17 and five straight up against all your division opponents and you can't get more than eight, nine wins in the year? What the hell is that? That means your division is piss poor. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it means, Joe. <laughs> that's, that's great. That's, what it means. that's great. That Very good. You better, yeah. uh, you, you know, like you're the best of the triple A teams. You know what I yes. mean? But then yep. when you think about it, right, look at Dallas or Philly. Mm -hmm. Let's say. Joe, I, you know, and I know there's a lot of games to be played. Let's say it is Philly at eight and eight, okay. right? How many of those eight wins would be against the NFC East? What, five of them? Six of them? You know what I mean? So that means mm. that as a division, they are not as good. And when they step outside of their bubble, they get right. dump truck. I think that means more about the division than the individual team. Mm -hmm. Yep. He's uh, it's interesting. 
bottom line is, guys, that's a pretty telling number from a betting perspective uh, on the road or at home when he plays Philly next week. Keep that in mind. And Trubisky's another guy that we have ripped. And the numbers that came out for him, and I would never have guessed this in a million friggin' years would I have guessed this, but Trubisky at home against the spread, 14-6-1, Dane. I got to tell you the truth, though, Joe. That's that I don't know what to make of him, man. I really don't. That's defense at home, Joe. That is the Bears' defense at home. I truly believe that, okay? You could assign it to Trubisky, but the Bears' defense at home is, you know, really helps Trubisky uh, cover spreads. That's what I'll say. That Bears' defense at home has been huge for him. I'm not attributing to Trubisky. 13 and 8 straight up, but 14, 6 and 1 against the number is, you know, they're going to have a couple of games at home. And Chicago's a team, listen, they got a they got a tough one in Green Bay here this week. But they've got to win their games, man. They everything's in front of them. You know, Chicago, I can't even believe, is in a spot right now. But do you believe in Chicago's defense enough to say, listen, down the stretch, this is isn't that why you have this kind of defense? Because you need it in December and January to show up? Yes, they, but I think they're too far right? behind. I don't think they're going to ultimately make – what do you mean, like an individual game or them making the playoffs? They may win a couple more games, but they're not getting in. I think they're two games back. Yes, but they got to sweep. I mean, they have to sweep out. Sure. They've got to go. Would Can I bet that, that they make the playoffs? No. Can that defense do it? Is that defense good enough? Because you know, I think it's either defense is good, <sighs> but losing Hicks was bad, right? I mean um, – He's back now this week. Yeah, I think but this I don't, is going to be a big game here in because uh, I can tell you right now, Vegas is telling you Chicago's winning this game. They're telling you right now that Chicago and Green Bay are pretty much the same team on a neutral field. That game has great. just been hammered down from where it opened to where it is right now. <laughs> hammered down. All the money and all the tickets, guys, is coming in on Chicago. So the books are telling us, yeah, guys, it, it these two teams are a hell of a lot closer than we give them credit for. Forget the optics. I disagree. I, I'll lay the three and a half and take Green Bay at Lambeau Field. I think this Packers offense is getting better and better throughout the it's year. Crazy, I, isn't it? I really do. I, I, Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. <laughs> are you kidding me? And I think, yes, you're right. Chicago has a lot to play for. Green Bay has even more, okay? Mm-hmm. Because Bay – with Minnesota, like we're talking about with Seattle and San Francisco, Green Bay right. can literally be a division winner hosting games at Lambeau, or they can be a wild card having to go to, uh, you know, San Francisco, Seattle, or New Orleans, all of those kind of things. Yes, Chicago has stuff to play for. I think Green Bay has more to play for. It is in Green Bay, and Aaron Rodgers owns them. Yeah, Trubisky in that offense has been a little bit better recently. I, I like Green Bay. That's one of my plays this week, actually. Green I've Bay minus the three and a half. fascinated because I can tell you this. It ain't, it ain't the public back in the Bears. And to move that line from seven to three and a half, and oh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is still playing? What the hell am I missing here, Dane? Like, what am I missing here? I don't know. Does he have a, does, uh, you know, I don't know. Does he have a yeast infection or something? That's what that I'm I saying. Like, do, are we missing like, like Aaron right. Rodgers has got a foot issue? Like what? Right. Are you seeing this like me? Like I'm on the green Bay side on this. I, I cannot for the life of me justify a three and a half, four point swing. Like we have seen and no public money. Like the public's been green Bay. They're back in green Bay, the home team. I don't get it. I'm they're telling you right now. These two teams are the same on a neutral field. Like, what's Aaron Rodgers against the Bears? 
It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Sometimes we disagree. I I agree with you, Joe. I don't see it. To me, to me, this is a Packers play at three and a half. I'm looking at the recent head-to-heads. The Packers at like six, Joe. Honestly. Uh, It's mind-blowing to me, man. Absolutely. I'm seeing here they played Green Bay at Chicago. Uh, Green Bay was the uh, Green Bay covered. It's they're three and two against the number over the last five games between these two teams. Green Bay is. Uh, okay. Yeah, one of those games, Aaron Rodgers got carted off, and yes, then came exactly. Back yes, 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 them. yes. Yep, yep. <laughs> I'm shocked, and against pretty much that same defense. No. Yeah, I don't know, Joe. I'm on the Green Bay side on this one. I'm guys. I'm telling you, man. There's sometimes you gotta you you smell it. You go. I um I smell a rat here, Dana, and that game to me, of all the games this week, I keep looking, and I'm watching it continue to go down, and I'm going, I'm looking, I'm like, who broke their no, leg? Like, what's going on in wait? practice? What's can we weather? wait to get it to three? You think it'll go to three? I don't, I didn't think it would go to five, much less three and a half. <laughs> it's like crazy. Like, it's crazy yeah, I to know. me. I, I, I don't know. I'm. I'm looking for like a trend, or I'm like, all right, so what are we missing here? There's got to be a reason. This much money and this much movement is coming along. And I'm saying, I, Aaron Rodgers, you're t- I mean, coaching-wise, what? You, to me, it's a toss-up. You're going to Nagy versus I, I agree. don't get it. Defense, listen, we know Chicago. We know what that defense is. But it's not like Green Bay's defense has been terrible. I, and it's not like Bay isn't familiar with the defense. And like I said, the Bears' defense is better at home. This, as far as I'm seeing, is in the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. I, I'm with you, Joe. I like Green Bay in this one, especially at three and a half. Yep. And it's one of those games, Dave, where you almost look at it and you go, all right, so am I that wrong? It, it, this is one of those, and it happens every year, guys. There's this one game that questions everything about you. It You question everything going, I don't. I To me this year, this is the game that I just – I'm uh-huh. spending every day going, I, I don't get it. I don't get Joe, it. Like, they want Green Bay money. Why? Yes, why? Why? <laughs> why? Money. Don't get it, guys. Uh, mind-blowing to me. There's one other game, too, that seems to be getting so much love. that Week 15, turn it up to be crazy. We'll tackle them, guys. We'll break them down for you. We'll look to make it rain for you. Coming up, Hour 2 next here on The Grid. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Yeah, so really, uh, really big weekend, too. In fact, um, as we're ending out the year, one of the biggest UFC fights and cards of the year is getting ready yeah. to take place on Saturday. I think uh, if Jay decides to uh, get out of bed here this morning and it's not blow us off again, Jay, come on. I think, he'll, uh, I think he'll be joining us here at 822, break it down. Not to mention, guys, Conor McGregor is coming back to fight here in January. Just I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. know that. He is uh, the $100 million man for some reason. Feels cowboy, the need. right? 
in the hell could you be taking? Like, what is that? That's not even a f- You're better off just sparring. I mean, what in the hell? Cowboy Cerrone is not going to give you a fight. Like, it's just basically you're putting in. Has anybody been a bigger punching bag than him over the years? Like, seriously? That's yeah. somehow you're going to you're going to beat but him. You think and this then is really a fight? fight. This is not a fight. This is a made no. for TV event. You know, this is a this is a uh, you know, this is a show. It's a money grab. That's right. It's all it is. It's a damn That's money right. grab. And it's a That's little infuriating right. because there are a couple of other dudes that probably should be in line for a title fight besides damn Conor McGregor, who is, you know, punching people in bar, old man in bar. Right. I, I can't, but um, we'll talk to him coming up uh, next hour there. He it's should use be... that song Tatiana as his entrance song. Yes, yes, yes <laughs> From yes, that yes, club yeah, or yeah. whatever, the kid with yeah. the fanny pack. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. let me see. You know, it's funny you didn't want to come back and, uh, you know, fight the crazy Russian who absolutely uh, wanted to kill him and his family. But, right. you know, hey, you know. <laughs> right. You, don't, you know, don't we let stayed me. stayed away from uh, that one. Yeah. You go to Cowboy Cerrone. Let me know how that works out. Like, you got to sure. be kidding me. Um, other interesting uh, line movements to keep an eye on here, Dane, uh, for the national championship. Another interesting, we told you about Chicago, where we're scratching our head, where the amount of money coming yeah. in on the Bears on the road is crazy. But a lot of people are very bent out of shape that Clemson, as the number three seed, is favored over Ohio State. And I think it's what also it like very telling two? that... It, it's still it, it, you, the fact that uh, that Vegas opened that up at minus two, two. They're basically telling you that maybe one of the most undervalued teams in the country this year, as much as they are as defense, you know, they're defending champions. But as anybody, if you ask anybody, it even barely followed college football, what do you think of Clemson this year? Oh, they played nobody. Right. They're a nothing team. They're nobody. They're nothing. Oh. Didn't they almost lose well, to North we'll Carolina? Oh. Could we'll be a dark out. horse. Although Vegas says they ain't a dark horse, people. They could very well be the favorite against any of those teams. It's true. Well, we got four Vegas. weeks to find out. But I hate them. I absolutely do. And the Ohio State money's coming, people. It's coming. Oh, yeah.